The We Can Talk About That podcast is a space for women to grow spiritually with other believers by approaching both practical questions and tough conversations from a biblical foundation. We're passionate about creating a space where we can set up a conversation and send you out ready, excited, confident, and prepared to engage in it wherever God has you. So whatever it is, it's welcome here. Let's talk. Hello and welcome back to the We Can Talk About That podcast. It feels like it's been kind of a while since we've done that. We got kind of stuck in a busy season, but we're so excited to be back. And this month, we're going to be talking about evangelism. Yeah, specifically with evangelism, we're addressing the fact that I think we all know on a head level that the Bible tells us to evangelize or to go out and share the good news. But sometimes this makes us uncomfortable or nervous or want to throw up. And sometimes it's kind of like the, yeah, we should really do that when people talk about it, but we know that we never have the intention to ever actually go out and do it. Yeah. And I think we just like need to talk about that. Why do we feel that way about evangelism? How do we actually evangelize? Where do we evangelize and how do we stop feeling, you know, gross about it and learn to actually do it and potentially hear me out. How do we learn to do it without hating it? What I think it's possible that we could actually step into that. I think we still got growth there to learn. And that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) So we're going to talk about evangelism, but we want to just state that God commands us to evangelize. The question is not, should we do it? The answer is yes, because the Bible clearly tells us over and over again that God commands us to do this. And I think for us, the passage that we really cling to when it talks about Um, evangelism is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is at the end of the book of Matthew, right after the resurrection. And we're told to go and make disciples of all nations. And I think that's where we tend to cling. And it's our encouragement to go out and evangelize in hopes to have God be able to use us for his glory and in his kingdom to bring more people into his kingdom with us. Yeah. And I think the nice thing is we don't even necessarily even need to cling to that verse. Cause if you're like, Oh, are we sure that's what it meant? Like just keep flipping and you'll see like the early church and the disciples clearly understood that their command was to go and make disciples. Like that is evident from their lives. And so I think it's really easy for us to just see like, okay, yes, this is very clear command on our lives. But I think then it is, you know, that obedience part, how do we step into obedience with that? And I think one of the most important things to start with is just changing our perspective a little bit on evangelism. If you're somebody who like hates it or wants to throw up when someone talk about it, I like to describe it. Like I think evangelism, sometimes we, we use this like kind of stink bomb analogy where we feel the gospel and the call to evangelize is like walking around with a stink bomb in our pocket and so you like have this thing that you want to tell people but every time someone bumps up against you and maybe as close to saying it off you like start to panic a little bit and you start to worry that oh it's going to go off and it's going to smell and everybody's going to know it was me that set it off and I'm not going to be invited back to that party because I you know blasted everybody with this thing they didn't want and, and we, we carried around like it's this heavy weight and we're terrified that someone's going to bump into us hard enough that we have to like you know share this thing that we have. And so I think what we need to start doing is like, maybe it's just realizing like, oh yeah, that's totally how I view it. But I think from there, we need to move on and realize that that is not the way the Bible describes the good news. 
And that's not the call we're given as, as believers. It is not this heavy loaded, you know, awful thing that we're afraid is going to spray. I think maybe, maybe you feel this way. I just want to validate. Maybe you feel that way because honestly, I think culture right now is ingraining us to feel that way. I get it. So if you're there and you're like, it just feels happy and like, everyone's going to be offended. I'm just gonna say, I get it. I think our culture very much is, is coaching Christians into timidity of, you know, not sharing and that you have this big offensive thing. And I don't think that's true. I think we need to remember that like what the Bible describes the gospel as is good news. It is life. It is hope. It is a tangible hope that man self-help culture right now does not offer tangible hope, right? A lot of it, you know, there's some actually like really good things in self-help culture. Like there's good therapy and getting the things we need. That's great. That's great. But when it comes to like, oh, all you need is like a face mask and a vacation. Like, no, you need the hope of Jesus. So I think like that is what we're offering people is like real hope. And I think we have good news in life. And I think we have to continue to view it that way, that when you feel timid or you feel like you're carrying this awful thing, you're afraid to bump into it. You need to speak truth over that. Like, no, no, no this is good news. This is life. This is hope. This is joy. They don't have access to outside of the Holy spirit. And that's just here on this earth. It is also an eternity with a loving, all creating father and being with him as opposed to separated from him. That is what we carry around with us. And we should hope that people bump into us hard enough that we get to share and not have to share. And so I think like that is going to be like my, like, you know, first caveat to all of this is like, it may just take some really intentional verbiage changes in your own mind as you're thinking about evangelism to equip you to actually go out and start evangelizing. And maybe you're myself, you know, I get to do this. I have the opportunity to do this. This is life. This is good news. And I think that when we start to like, make sure we're, we're thinking about it properly, it makes it a lot easier to engage in it externally when our internal mindset is true on what the gospel is. I feel like really focusing on the, like, I get to do this is like something that really helps me in all areas. Not even just like, I get to go to the gym. That's a big one for me, but like, I get to go out and evangelize. Like how Mm -hmm. cool is it that God is using you for his kingdom and his glory. And that's a true honor when, when we actually obey it, right? Like we got to step into obedience there, but it's like truly an honor and a privilege to be able to be used for the glory of God. Yeah. And if you've ever been one who's actually like stepped out and shared your faith, you'll realize it's for you as much as it's for that person. Like, I think some of my like favorite memories in my entire life have been like watching someone engage and wrestle with the gospel, even people who didn't accept it, you know, but like that space, like, I think it's just as much an encouragement for our own faith as it is for those we're witnessing to. So I think the, now that we have a caveat of like, you know, it's a good thing. Like we have the hope of Jesus and we should want to share that. We want to move into kind of two different types of big ideas of evangelism and kind of two big categories. There are definitely a lot more than just these two in different ways you can break them up. But when we were really looking at evangelism in our life and even seeing which parts I needed to grow into as we were talking this through, we kind of saw like you have the relational side of evangelism of, you know, that's your family, your friends, the people you're close to. And you kind of have that stranger side of things where it's like, oh, you know, you bump into the person at the car dealership or those strangers that you don't know and don't have a super personal connection to them are kind of the two that we tend to engage with the most. And for me, I definitely need to grow in some of these areas, but 
I think first we got to talk about like just this overarching thing of like, I feel like some of the, some of the time we're just so scared that we don't know enough about the Bible. We don't know enough about God. And I'm always like, they're going to ask me something and I'm going to say, I don't know. And that like, that's really scary for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, I think one, we have to realize like, you're not, you're saved and you don't know, mm-hmm. which I think sometimes like being with the top people, I don't know allows them to realize, oh, I don't have to answer every question I have to be able to be saved. Right. And I think think it shows like humility too, of being able to sit in that moment of like, great question. Let's do this together. (laughs) Cause it helps you grow closer to the Lord as well and grow and gain more knowledge through that. Yeah. And there is like, you know, scripture commands us to have an answer for, for why we believe. And that's true. You should have an answer to the gospel, but it's okay if you don't have the answer to every existential life question, right? When you're evangelizing, like that is okay. I think I want to like really equip us with first Corinthians two, one through five. And it says, and I, when I came to you brothers did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom for, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I think this, like, if you can memorize it, like this would be a good verse to memorize, because I think this is the reminder to us that like, as is Paul writing, he didn't come to them as like, allow me to just impress you with my knowledge and wisdom of the gospel and and of God. He says he came to him with much trembling and fear and not with lofty words and not plausible words, right? Like essentially Paul saying like, I was a hot mess in my expression of the gospel to you. But through that, there was a demonstration of the spirit and of power. And that allows people's faith not to rest in your knowledge or in you or what they can obtain as knowledge, but in who God is and the power of God. And that is so important. And so if you're someone who's out there and you're like, I am not good at verbalizing, like that is not my strength. This isn't for me. I think we just need to remind ourselves that the command to share the gospel is for all people, regardless of your giftings and regardless of your talents. And it's okay if this isn't that area. Scripture is full of people who are a hot mess with their words and God used them anyways. Like look at Moses, like he intends to use you to accomplish his mission through his spirit and his power because he doesn't lack in those areas. And he is the one who does the work of conversion in people's hearts. And we only and get to be obedient to that. And so, yeah, I think if, if that's maybe your tie up right now that you're like, okay, great. I'll have a good perspective about it, but I don't know enough and I'm going to mess it up. I just want to say that's also not true. It's a life from the pit of hell. And like, we can speak truth over that through the words of scripture. I think it's important to, to like be able to recognize that that is from Satan of that fear of not knowing enough. Cause a lot mm-hmm. of times that is what stops you from having that conversation, or at least in my experience, like that will stop me on the dime and I will not, I I will not go any further. The reality is if you know enough to be saved, you know enough to share the gospel with somebody. Like if you yourself are saved, you know enough to make someone else, you know, like, or share with someone else and allow God to like make them come become to know Jesus. Absolutely. And I think it's really highlighting the fact too, is like one of the truths is like, God is using you and speaking through you. Mm -hmm. So the focus is not on you doing the, like you are doing the physical work, but it's God actually moving through you. And he's literally doing the work of softening their heart, giving you the courage to have the conversation. You're just like the physical being in the scenario there. 
and and people come to know Jesus when the spirit invades their heart and allows them to receive the gospel that is what makes people come to know Jesus you are merely a person speaking the words of the gospel but the spirit is the one who receives that into their heart and allows he does the work of salvation we do the obedience of pronouncing you know the good news to them right So I think that's just the overarching of like, maybe that is like what stops us from any sort of evangelism is just, man, I'm scared because I don't think I know how to answer this question if they ask me, or I don't know enough, but we also want to talk about, you know, these two bigger ideas of evangelism, of relational evangelism. And that's where we're going to start. And this one... (laughs) It's fun. It's fun to talk about, hard to talk about because in my head, I'm like, oh, this is the easiest one. And then I'm also like, wow, this is also the hardest one at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. So like really figuring out like, wow, it's cool that I have friends who don't know the Lord, but you know, when you have parents who don't know the Lord, like you have a lot to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think one of our fears is like, what happens if I do ruin this relationship with someone that I love, someone that I care about for the sake of the gospel. And I think when I read that fear and, you know, we had talked about these, like, these are real fears that we both have felt or still Mm -hmm. do experience. I feel like when I think about what happens if I ruin the relationship with this person, it could get sticky. The The family side of things is really tough. Like what happens if you have this gospel conversation and they don't invite you to back for Christmas or, you know, Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, you have a lot more on the line and it's a lot more personal. And I think I'm just reminded of Matthew 16, 24 through 26, where it says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. And Mm -hmm. I've been really clinging to that verse, like a lot lately, as I've been more, I guess, I've really been asking the Lord to challenge me in evangelism. And that's like just the verse that's just been coming up. And I've been able to share that with a lot of people, um, even in just in context like this one, but like clinging to the hope that no matter what happens, you're doing this for the Lord and for his kingdom. And therefore you like your life will be saved because you'll have salvation Mm -hmm. and the Lord put you in this situation. The Lord is calling you to that. And we see that in Ephesians 2.10, where it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared us in advance for us to do. So regardless of the outcome of the conversation that we have with our loved ones, or, you know, your roommate, your friend, your family, whoever it is, like God has prepared us to step into that conversation Mm -hmm which we have to be obedient to, right? The Lord calls us to that, but we have to act in obedience regardless of if their heart is softened at that moment to receive that and hear that and accept the Lord. There's no denying that the Lord placed you in that moment for a reason to glorify him. And you can be just such a small, small part in someone coming to know Christ. Like Mm -hmm. you can just be one person who pours into them. You may not be the person who God uses to help bring them to salvation and to faith, but you should not, you should never deny the fact that the Lord placed you in that situation, regardless of how hard it is. Yeah. And I think there's a space there. Like, I think with the verse you read, especially like, I think at some point you do have to realize like, what if my obedience to that God does cost me everything? (laughs) It might, right? Like, I think that maybe we're a little bit, we struggle with that. I think, especially if, if you're in, you know, first world American culture too, I think the reality of like, oh, 
following Jesus might literally cost me everything. I think we get sheltered from that a little bit, right? Like there are believers on the other side of the world who know very clearly that the gospel is going to cost them everything and likely their lives. And they're walking forward in obedience. And I think we live in a culture right now that, you know, like that doesn't our super, like most of you in your spaces, those of you listening are not worried that if you go share the gospel with somebody, you might get your head cut off, right? Like that isn't <laughs> our reality, but there's this relational fear of like, oh, but like it may make it, so I might not get invited back. Or maybe it's a step back of like, it's just going to make it awkward next time I see them. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say like, so what? Is it not worth it? Is it not worth it for them to know Jesus? Because I think when we have that reaction and that fear, and maybe it's internal, maybe it's from the enemy, wherever that comes from, of like, what if it's awkward or what if I don't get invited back? I think I, I think I'm gonna challenge you in that of like, what do you actually believe about the gospel? Is it not big enough to cause that? Right? Like, is it not worth it? to never be invited back if they at least you know for sure they've heard the truth of the gospel that they've had an opportunity to say yes to Jesus right i think that we have to start challenging ourselves a little bit in that of like let it get weird that's fine right at least they know the truth and hopefully mm-hmm. that over the years if they don't accept the gospel right then first of all what if they do right what mm-hmm. if you share with them and they accept the gospel and next year at christmas you're praising god together like cool right like that would just be cool but even if they don't what if 10 years from then God really waters that seed into fruition and they give their life to Jesus? Like, I think we have to stop being so short-minded about the outcome of what, what about the next conversation I have with them? I'm like, what about the next conversation they have with God? What if that is different because of your obedience to step out and let it be an awkward conversation, right? I think I was definitely not going to share this, but as we're talking about it and like the awkwardness, like this is not necessarily like me being like, do you believe in the gospel? But a year or so ago, more than that, I was really like, I felt the Lord placing a baptism on my heart. And like my family grew up in the church, but we believe in different, like we're different denominations, which has created a weird, like balance between us. Like we both believe in God, but we both have different views on certain aspects of the church. And one of that is baptism for me. And Natalie can attest, like, I, I swear it was like a year and a half in the making of, I feel like I need to be baptized. But then like my, I was like, but my parents, but my parents. And it was like, I was withholding what the Lord was calling me to do. I was being called to act in obedience and get baptized, which is demonstrating my, you know, that I'm making that public declaration to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. But let me tell you, when I told my parents about this, they were not thrilled Mm -hmm. and it was really hard. Like I kept chickening out and Natalie was like, you have to tell them that you're getting baptized. (laughs) Like you have to at least give them the option. And like the sting of it all is that my dad decided not to go. And like, is it still kind of awkward? Absolutely. But my family, like, even though that felt really hard and really heavy, it was like, I was hindering my relationship with the Lord because I was not doing what I was called to. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's not baptism. Maybe it's just a conversation. Like if you're not acting in obedience with the Lord, like you're disobeying him by not stepping into that. And it's like, it may just be one awkward conversation and it may be hard. And if the worst thing that happens is that you get to go to heaven after you shared it and you know that, then it's like, it still sucks because those emotions are so real and your family, those are your loved ones. 
but also you have a family in heaven and you have an eternity with the one and only God. Yeah. I want to get a caveat to this and then I'm going to give a practical tip for this. My caveat is that this also is not an excuse to be a punk about it, right? This is not saying like, oh, they said you're the gospel, even if it offends them, even if I'm not invited back, I'm just going to be a jerk and tell them they're all going to hell, right? Like that's mm, probably not the best strategy here, right? Like I coming think from two blunt people, yes. we really got to learn how to be softer and more gentle when sharing. Yeah. There's still that, like you still are stewarding the good news and you have a responsibility to that. And so we do still need to come at them with like loving kindness as we share truth with them. And I think that, that that is really important. And I think with this like personal relationship evangelism, you have to realize that your life and your witness are really going to be a huge factor in this. So you have the opportunity to share the gospel with people who have an everyday view of your life your witness is going to factor into that. So if your life is living, honoring to God, as you share truth with them, it's going to complete the picture of why your life looks like that. It's not that you're the greatest person on the planet, right? Like it is that you have hope in something greater, but likewise, if you have the opportunity to share the gospel with a coworker, but you kind of suck at work, like you're not, you're not, you're not bad at your job. You're just, your personality kind of sucks at work, right? You complain a lot, you gossip, like you don't always show up on time. And you share the gospel with them, they're going to be like, what are you offering me? What do you offer me that I don't already have? Because your life doesn't look any different than anybody else in the cubicle next to me, you know? And so I think that we need to be really mindful of our witness in this, especially as we have the opportunity to share with people who have an everyday viewpoint of our lives and of the ways that God is transforming that we need to make sure our lives reflect the gospel that we're preaching. And so I think that that is, that's kind of that. And my practical tip for this is not at all my own advice. I heard it one day and I was like, that's, that's brilliant. Is that if you have someone that you really want to share the gospel with, say it's, you know, a family member or maybe a friend that you've been friends with for like 10 years and you've like never shared your faith with them. And you're like, how do I go about being like, Hey mom and dad, you've known me for 20 years, by the way, this is what I believe, you know, or Hey, best friend, you know, I haven't ever shared with you what I believe, but it's a pivotal part of my life. I just want to equip you with humility as your introduction. Like it may just be having a conversation where you sit down with them and you're like, Hey, we've been, you know, best friends for 10 years. You know, you've been my mom or my dad or whatever. And I've never shared the gospel with you. I'm so sorry. This is something that is huge in my life. And I believe has like everlasting impacts. And I believe it's life offered to you as well. I'm sorry that I've never deemed it important enough to share to you. Would you mind if I do that right now? And I think that when we, when we just embrace humility of like, Hey, this is like kind of the biggest deal in my life, but I've never shared it with you. I'm so sorry. Can I share it with you now? I think is a really good asset to that because I think at the end of the day, yeah, it is the biggest part of your life. If you're, if you're saved or at least it should be, you know, and I think sharing that with people is huge. Yeah. And stepping into that. All right. I know we've talked a lot about relational evangelism. I also to give the caveat, all evangelism is relational this is, this is kind of more focusing on the like, okay, personal people we have everyday relationship with. There's also the space of maybe you have the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody you're not besties with. That isn't, you know, like long, close time family. Maybe it's even a stranger. Maybe it's like contact evangelism. Like you're just going to go out and share the gospel with people you never met. And, and there's different challenges, right. That come with that. And so I kind of want to take a space where I kind of transition to that a little bit. I am opposite of Liz and that like this evangelism is actually one I encounter the most, but I'm a campus missionary. So like mm-hmm. that makes sense. You know, I actually just got back from a week long trip where we spent all night sharing the gospel with a bunch of strangers, you know, every night, you know? And so I think this actually is an area 
that I see more. And I have the, I have the beautiful blessing that a lot of my family is saved. There's, there's part of my family that isn't, but a lot of them are. And so I think this to me, I, I see more, but I think this does bring different challenges, right? I think we maybe start with that challenge of like, I don't want to offend them. And maybe this isn't like a, a complete stranger. Maybe this is like, oh, this is that coworker I see in a meeting like once a month, you know, and it's not like, they're not a complete stranger. You know, their name, you know, their husband's name, you know, that they have a dog named Spot, but you're not besties, right? They don't have everyday, you know, life with you. And I think that we just need to remember, I think Paul's declaration in Romans 1 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And I think that maybe we just need to champion that in our brains of like, I am not ashamed of the gospel, but like maybe on repeat 15 times as we walk into that conversation, right? Like whatever we need to fuel us up to get us there. And remembering that like, there's a difference between the gospel itself being offensive and being offensive with the gospel. I think Christianity gets a bad hand sometimes at the people who are offensive with the gospel in the name of Christianity. And I don't think that's Christianity. And I, I, so I think there's like maybe a little bit of humility we need to embrace here. You may talk with somebody and they may be like, oh, I'm not spiritual because I've been so hurt by the church. Mm. And it may not be your church. It may not even be in your state. And I think there's still a space that we as the one body of believers can say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that was your experience with the church. I'm sorry that that is how they treated you or that is how they spoke to you. That is not representative of God's love with you. Can I share what I believe about the gospel that it is for all people, you know, and we, and we step into that space. And so I think we need to realize, yeah, I think we, we have some upheaval in our culture to get over with that. But I think there's also a reality we have to realize that ultimately the gospel tells us that who we are is not enough for salvation. You are not good enough. You are not powerful enough. You are not able enough to will your way into salvation. And that in today's culture is just offensive. The things that you desire, the things that you love are likely sin and you're clinging to them and they have power over you and you're not good enough. And if we leave it there, that sucks, right? But the good news is, right, that God was good enough, that he is able and that he comes into us and gives us an identity in him that we don't have to earn our salvation that our ability to be enough is not the determination factor for our salvation. But the reality is that Jesus was enough, that he lived the perfect life, that he offers us salvation. And that is an identity we don't have to earn or strive for. And in a culture that tells us you need to earn and strive for everything, what a brush of fresh air that we can sit and go, God loves me exactly as I am. He desires me exactly as I am. That he puts worth onto me through his son, Jesus, and that I am made new and made enough in the kingdom by God's grace. That is what we're offering people. Right. And that is beautiful. Right. I think we have to just kind of be okay with that, that there's like two hands with that of like, yeah, I can't be a punk with the gospel, but also the truth might offend them. It might invite them into something they've been longing for their whole life, but it might offend them. And I think we just have to be okay with that. Like we can't control, you know, their reaction, you know, to that at all. I feel like too, you can really apply the Ephesians 2.10 of like, God prepared us for this moment. Mm -hmm. And no matter how awkward it is, like it could just be one awkward conversation away from someone having salvation. And I think that like, we were listening to a sermon on evangelism. And that was like one thing I think that stood out to both of us was if you really think about it, surrender your pride. It's like one awkward conversation could be 
their life change that the Mm -hmm. Lord is, you know, allowing them to have and, you know, giving that salvation to them as they accept him in. This is the evangelism that gives me the straight up ick. I am just, even when like churches are like, Hey, we're doing evangelism, all this. I am like, I am not going. And I think, (laughs) and I think there's real fear there, but again, it's like those fears are from the enemy. And I think we need to mm-hmm. speak truth over them. And like, that's not an excuse. So as we're digging deeper and deeper, I've started to feel a lot more conviction on the fact that like, I am not stepping into obedience. And I was yeah. sharing with Natalie, I share this to be transparent of the fact like, yeah, we're up here talking about it, but like, there are still several areas in evangelism that like, I can see God wanting to grow me in and me mm-hmm. not acting in obedience. As I was telling Natalie yesterday, I had a meeting with some of my bosses and they were like, you know, Liz, the world works in mysterious ways. And I, they've been saying this to me like the last couple of days at work, just get, you know, it's been a really hard week and they've just been saying this to me over and over again. And I'm like, in my head, clearly it's the Lord. Like the Lord is the one who works. And that's why it's mysterious because like almost no one at my work, like believes in the Lord. And instead of stepping into that and saying like, oh yeah, I believe that that is the Lord moving or something to segue that conversation. I just completely opened the door the other direction and ran out because I was scared. I was like, I don't (laughs) know. They're my bosses. I wish I was in the corner. (laughs) I wish because like, it's hard. They're my bosses. They're my higher ups, but it's like at the end of the day, their yeah. salvation still matters. No matter that they're older than me, no matter that they pay my bills, like we still like, this is still an area that I am just, I like running the other yeah. direction because it's easier. And yeah. that's just like, and it's hindering my walk with the Lord because he's like, why are you not stepping in obedience? Because the Lord, like when you really like, i I realize this every time where I'm like, okay, I haven't been like, you know, during my quiet time with the Lord, I realize I'm like, there's no opportunity to share the gospel. And then the second that I'm like, you know, reading my Bible, praying, asking for these opportunities, it's like, wow, I had four opportunities in the span of one day. Like (laughs) how cool is it that like, it's so evident when you're walking closely with the Lord. Yeah. And I think like, I was trying to, I just got back from this trip. It's so we, from like 8 p.m. to 3 a.m., we drive college spring breakers home from the bars or from bar to bar. And in those van rides, we try to give them opportunities to hear the gospel. And that of all spaces in my personal life would be the space that I think people least likely want to hear about Jesus, right? Like they are physically on their way, you know, to the largest beach club in America, wherever we're taking them surely they're not going to want to hear about the gospel then. But in the course of that week through all the schools there, we saw 170 spring breakers give their life to Jesus for the first time. Why is that? Is it because God loves that beach culture more? No. Is it because the Holy Spirit personally descended on SPI more than anywhere else? No. What happened with that was that 800 college kids who believe in Jesus went out night after night in full belief that God would show up if they would share the gospel. Mm -hmm. They just believed that he was going to work and they put themselves in the spaces to allow that to happen. And when it did, they spoke truth. And so people come to know the gospel because at the end of the day, when the gospel is shared, people come to know Jesus. That is always going to be the outcome because that is what God is sovereign over. And so as we share the gospel, it doesn't mean that every time we share it, every person we share it with is going to come to know Jesus, 
but the more we share it, the more people will come to know Jesus. And that is just guaranteed, you know, like that is just the truth of the gospel, that it does impact our hearts and it does bring people to know Jesus because God is working in the hearts of those who are receiving it. And we need to be, you know, bold in our faithfulness to step out in that. And that may mean, right, like maybe it's not like, so I live in, in a college town. It's really easy for me to get in these conversations. I can just go to campus and like sit down on people, you know, that I've never met. That may not be your sphere. And so I think that there's also spaces that maybe it's that coworker that you do just see across, you know, the hall every day at work. And maybe it's, you know, hey, we have a 15 minute lunch break or a 10 minute coffee break. Would you want to get coffee? I'd love to get to know you. And it may be as they get to know you in return probably your faith should come up, right? Like if you, you have half an hour to get to know somebody and they're asking questions about who you are, I would hope that your faith is part of that, you know, first 30 minutes about who you are. And I think it's opportunities there. And I think the two phrases that like have been really equipping to me that are so basic questions, but like realizing like, oh, I could just ask them, has anyone ever shared the gospel with you? Would you mind if I did that now? Mm really basic questions, but super easy way to turn the conversation over, you know, like, oh yeah, like a faith is a really big part of my life. I believe in the gospel. Has anyone ever shared the gospel with you? Would you mind if I did that now? Mm -hmm. And I think like, it is such a powerful way to introduce it. We don't have to be sly and be like, oh yes, you mentioned something about brokenness. Did you know that brokenness is the second part of the gospel? Right? Like, it doesn't have to be weird. Like, we don't have to be weird and forced about it. We can just say like, hey, has anyone ever shared this with you? I would love to, you know, do you mind if I, if I do that now? And then giving them the invitation, I think with all evangelism conversations, regardless of who you're with, how well it went, how great you think it was, always giving that invitation of like, would you like to, you know, accept Christ or would you like to dedicate your life to the Lord as a key part? Cause you have no idea what God's been doing in the heart of that person. You know, I've seen people in a five minute conversation profess Jesus because it was just like so evident that week after week after week, I was working on their heart leading up to that conversation. And I've talked to somebody for three hours and them not giving their life to Jesus. And it, and it's, mm -hmm. it's just dependent on what God's doing in their heart. Right. I think our hope for you is that you guys would really start to engage and pray that the Lord would provide those opportunities and that you would step into obedience wherever God has you, whether that's a yeah. coworker, a loved one, we pray that an evangelism conversation or a gospel conversation would happen and have it, you know, and it go well and well, mm -hmm. I mean, not necessarily they're saved. Obviously that's our hope, but the fact that like, maybe you get some confidence from it of like, Hey, it wasn't that bad. Like, wow, I can see the Lord moving. That encourages us to continue to act in that obedience. Yeah. And we just pray that wherever God has you, that you step into that obedience and share the gospel willingly, not grudgingly, and mm -hmm. just step into that and embrace it and ask the Lord for those opportunities. Yeah. I think ultimately like all evangelism is the work of the Holy spirit, both in you and in the life of those you're talking to. And so I think as the fears and the doubts and the lies come up, regardless of what they may be, we can stick back to the fact of like, man, this is the Holy spirit's job in me and in them. And I'm going to, I'm going to do my part. You know, I'm going to be obedient here. I think as we wrestle with these doubts, the one question that we can keep asking ourselves is what do I believe to be true about God? Cause I think as we get to, regardless of what doubt, maybe your doubt or fear is something we didn't talk about here. That's going to be my, my question. I put you with is what do I believe to be true about God in the face of this lie, insecurity, doubt, fear, space, relationship dynamic. What do I believe to be true about God? And then we walk forward in obedience with that. And so I know it's a lot to say about evangelism. There's thousands of more things that, you know, we can say and, and people better prepared than us could say about it. My best advice to that is, man, you learn the most about evangelism by doing it. That's the best kind of evangelism is the evangelism you just do. 
regardless of it's relational with somebody you've known forever, regardless of with a stranger, whether you use a gospel tract, whether you don't, the best evangelism is the one that you're obedient to. And so go out there this week and, and get an opportunity to, to share the gospel with somebody that you love and that you know, or that someone you just saw on the side of the street, because they all need the help of Jesus if we step into that. That is all we have for you guys today. Lots more coming, lots more to say about it, but we just prayed that God would be with you in this space and that you would walk forward in obedience. That is all we have time for today. But every episode, we just want to take a quick second to pause and say that with topics like these, this is just the start of the conversation. As you wrestle with these topics and questions, our ultimate authority needs to be God through his word and prayer, not what somebody on the internet, even us, says. There's always a space to keep learning and keep asking questions. All right, ladies, we hope this episode has set up the conversation for you. We are sending you out to keep the conversation going wherever God has you.